Hi, this is Dan Cassetta. Welcome to Flashback Friday on Changing Lives, Selling Knives. This podcast was created to share inspiring stories from people who are positively impacting the world using lessons and skills they first learned from selling Cutco knives with Vector Marketing Corporation. Episodes feature some of Cutco's most prominent alumni and top achieving current leaders. Flashback Friday is your chance to hear a short piece of one of my favorite past episodes. We'll hand select the best nuggets to share with you in this short form. The lessons of the Cutco Vector experience are numerous, are compelling, and are real world concepts for business and life. Thanks for pressing play. Let's get on with today's flashback. Today we are flashing back to episode number 154 with Mark Lovis, truly a legendary figure in Cutco Vector Marketing history. As a branch manager in Tacoma, Washington, Mark was number one in the nation, winning his first silver cup. As a division manager, Mark's team was number one in the nation an unprecedented four years in a row. His leadership in the Western region set that organization on a path of 12 consecutive silver cups. Since leaving Vector, Mark has continued to be a student of life, a mentor to many, and a dynamic source of inspiration for all. In this short snippet, Mark shares how he developed from an awkward youngster who was fired from several early jobs into the dynamic leader that he became. Even more importantly, Mark details how he helped so many others flip that switch for themselves. He offers sage advice for anyone on a journey of personal transformation. One of Mark's passion projects is a venture called Good Weather Wine. All their wines are sugar-free, low in sulfites, and with no additives. I get quarterly shipments of six bottles, and they make it super easy by making the selections based on my preferences. You can get deals for this and other podcast sponsors by visiting changinglivespodcast.com slash deals. If you get value from this podcast, consider supporting our sponsors, and please rate or review the podcast right now. You can hear more from Mark Lovis by revisiting our full conversation at episode number 154. How did you flip the switch from the old Mark Lovis into this champion manager, dynamic leader that you became? There's a couple key moments, you know, working with Brad Britton is like, uh, he's, is the most nurturing human out there, but he's also really honest and he, he can be honest because he's invested in you and has built a lot of trust. And I just remember a moment when I wanted to be his assistant manager and he was saying, I don't know about it. I don't know if you're going to be one of the people I would need. I was leagues away from branch. And so we were at some seminar outside, you know, seminar like Anthony Robbins or something like that. And I came up to a group he was standing in and I was, I just kind of butt in and started talking awkwardly. And then everybody sort of dissipated. And then he looked at me and said, you are the reason they all walked away. (laughs) And it was like, you know, like all the blood drained from me. I almost fainted. You know, I was like stumbling (laughs) off. (laughs) It's like, you know, you have to maybe listen, maybe, you know, he didn't even go follow on with that. He just said that. And then I was left to sit with it. And I thought, you know, why? Right. And then it was enough of a moment that I just decided, okay, that's it. I need to learn how to talk to people. I need to learn how to make, mm. or like how to be social. So I, 
I took the how to win friends and influence people. I turned that book into three by five cards and I carried them with me. Mm-hmm. And I remember my mom at the time said, what's going on? Cause you're like being normal now. Like you seem positive. You, you seem to be changing. Is this for real or is this just an act? And I'm like, no, I got this book <laughs> and I'm doing this book. It was really those first early moments of like, I want to change and give up who I am for who I could become. And then two is I want to be that. I want to, I want to be a top branch and I'm just going to focus on developing the skills and the mindset and make the plan and do all the preparation and leave nothing, you know, no stone left unturned. And that began for me, what was sort of, you know, an accelerated learning curve, the most accelerated learning curve I've ever had in my life. It was like first time leaving home, opening, first time opening a business, first time being on my own and going to Tacoma, Washington and just, you know, living in a room at the time that was, I rented from a senior citizen, the second room in her house in Tacoma for 150 a month and didn't have a phone. There were no cell phones. And it was just like, okay, I've got food and I've got an office and I've got this business and let's see if I can do this. And it was just a time of just rapid and tremendous growth. It wasn't that I was perfect at doing anything. It was that I made sure we did everything right, right? I made sure we put out the advertising. I just didn't leave anything to chance. And, right. and uh, you know, I like to define my first summer as like failure at scale. Mm. Like every day it felt like I was failing all day long. And that was the first time maybe also that I felt like you could succeed while you're failing all day long. Like I was just normal. Like some people weren't interested in working with Cutco's. Some people were. And at that scale, that's a lot of people on right. either side of the equation. It was the only time in my life, uh, maybe even to this, maybe not to this day, if you look at True Maker recently, but I'd say I gave every single ounce of what I had for four straight months. And I just, everything I had was focused on one thing, like my personal Olympics. And that was the most satisfying thing coming out of that summer. And, the, and it was like, a, you go in one kind of person coming out another. Yeah. Uh, it's a, it's a, a great testament to why, you know, the branch program is so awesome for so many people. I love what you said about give up who I am for who I could become. That that's what, you know, I know that became a, a mantra of yours that a lot of people have heard. Somehow you're able to, to understand there was a greater potential for you that was waiting to be unlocked. So you were a champion branch. You developed other kind of like real champions during your time, uh, you know, in building the division. Like that's a, it's such an awesome track record to see. How does that work? How do you, how do you take others who, uh, you know, if they were working with somebody else, they might otherwise be average or good or even great. But how do you flip that switch for them, help them to become champions? So we had, we had a winning program, right? Like football, we had a winning program. And mm-hmm. it, even though if it was my winning program, we had a program that was winning. And we said, if you do these things and follow this program and you, uh, you will have your best shot at success. We focused on skill development, but also mental development. And in our preparation process, we worked on both. If you were in our process, you were loved and believed in. And that's something is I always saw it in and for people. And we always talked about seeing it in people and seeing it for people. Like you have to build a case for why people can succeed. That's a big shift. You know, I was, when I was in, I went to business school later in uh, USC, and we had a leadership class and they talk about selecting the right people. And I always said, well, maybe it's like filtering 
for the right people. And, you know, instead of looking for them to prove it to you, you're making a case for them. You're investigating them and looking for the pieces that are winning instead of looking for the pieces that are losing. Mm-hmm. And fast forward years later, as a startup founder, it's really easy when you're interviewing extremely talented people for an engineering role or design role or executive role to look for the reasons why not. But I think a big part of, if you take a big part of developing talent and getting the most out of people would be to look at, well, I'm having an authentic conversation with this person. I'm impressed with them in some way. I see some like glimpses of extraordinary outcomes. And now I'm going to start building a case for them, why they could succeed. And then I think especially in Cutco in a place like that you're developing people over the years, you're not there to be their critic, right? You're there to be their believer. And you're there as their believer to also be honest with them. And so just like Brad was with me, we had built relationships that were not in doubt. And so we could be extremely honest with each other. There was a lot of trust and emotional safety, right? Within the division. Mm. You know, something I want to say about that is, I want to say two things about leadership or running a division, which I think is like a great sandbox for leadership, right? Because it's building relationships over a span of time, sometimes four plus years before they become a manager or sometimes four plus years as a manager. And consistency is a big part of that. Meaning what I said I was going to do, I did. I can remember one time I showed up late for a meeting and my managers were just flipping out. Like that was the end of the year. You know? <laughs> and we were just never late, never unprepared. We consistently showed up and delivered what we said we were going to deliver, consistently delivered our winning program and consistently saw the greatness in people. That's what people rely on from you as their leader, right? A consistent relationship. And the second thing is our relationships weren't built on party. They weren't built on like young people that, you know, the, the kind of the bandwidth of hanging out with young people is like a lot of learning, but also a lot of fun and partying and these types of things in college. And I was young too. And we could have based our relationships on those things. But there was one thing over my entire tenure with Cutco, all of our relationships were based on what we wanted to do together. We wanted to succeed. We wanted to grow. And we wanted to do extraordinary things because if we're going to be here, let's make it worth our time. Right. Cutco sort of attracted young people who want to do something different, right? And they're, they're looking for more than the usual. And the conversations we were having were like that. Uh, we weren't going off and getting wasted together. We were going off to the Denny's and talking until 2 a.m. about right. life. And our relationships were 100% about their success and personal and professional development first. And then our success as a division second. And conversations on the periphery of that were rare. We would talk a lot about other things, but the basis of our relationship was that. Like mm-hmm. I, They didn't want me to be their buddy. I might have wanted them to be my buddy, but I, that's not my role as a leader. My role was to build them as people and build this division. And that's what they counted on me for. And I'm going to consistently deliver that. You could work in any massive organization. You're going to get different experiences based on the hiring manager or based on the leader. And at least I felt like in our division, they were getting a first-rate experience that was idealistic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm sure the people that have worked with you would agree with that. They would definitely say that uh, they got a special experience in working with you as the leader. You've talked about 
the clear vision for the organization. Uh, you've talked about the sense of responsibility for others' success, you know, consistently delivering a winning program, that combination of mental conditioning and skill development, uh, all the relationship building that went on. Is there any other advice that you would have or insights you want to share before we wrap this up? I just think if you're going to be somewhere, be there and decide what you want. And so no matter what part of your experience you're in at Cutco, whether you're brand new or you're 10 years in, to exist without having made a decision of what you want out of it will be to discount yourself in time. And I think that is really important. And I found that to be as I've done lots of different things, if I'm doing something and I haven't made a decision of what I want, it's really hard to align my daily behaviors and thoughts around it. So people, I used to say like, I don't know whose quote this is, discipline is remembering what you want, but why would you remember? So discipline, meaning taking the right actions, maybe choosing the right behaviors, like being disciplined, thinking in the right ways, all these things. Why would you do that? Because you want something. So if you haven't taken the time to clearly define what you want at Cutco or period, then really that's probably, that's the limiting factor. That's what has been the gate to getting the most out of yourself. And if you could just decide whatever it is, even if it's just for the year. And I always committed to Cutco a year at a time. Or after that branch experience, to me, once I graduated college, that's when it became a year at a time, maybe two years. I didn't really worry about if it was my life. And so I would just say, if you're in Cutco now, especially if you're a younger person, the idea of just making a decision. And then second is that decision I made to go work with Bonobos was based on the people and was based on what I was going to learn. and was based on what I had an idea for what I eventually wanted to do. I think basing decisions on what you want rather than what people want for you, you know, out in your outside life is really important. I think when you make a decision, it serves to orient your talents, your focus, your discipline, your decision-making. You know, you can do something you want. You can decide which one you can go get that thing. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's flashback episode of Changing Lives, Selling Knives, you can find the full episode and show notes at changinglivespodcast.com. You can also sign up there to receive free resources from me and some of our amazing guests. If you click on the deals link on our podcast page, you'll see some tremendous offers from our podcast sponsors. Please consider rating or reviewing us on your podcast player and hit the subscribe button so future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. This is Dan Cassetta signing off. We'll be back in a few days for our next story about changing lives.